0: All right. Welcome back to the QW Podcast. This is episode number four, and super excited to have our guest today, Travis Jensen, with us. Do you want to introduce yourself? Tell us where you're from, what you do. Sure. Uh, My name is
1: Travis Jensen. Uh, I'm originally from Caldwell, Idaho. We moved to Boise, Idaho in, I don't know, 1985, 1986, when my dad uh, decided to expand the business. We have a family real estate brokerage that was founded in Caldwell in 1946. And uh, my dad decided to expand the business and we moved to the big city of Boise, which was population probably 100,000 at the time. (laughs) That's the big city?
0: Yeah. Um,
1: I've lived in uh, Boise. I lived a couple years in uh, Denver while my mom was in school. My parents were divorced. Okay. I lived... um, Several years in Milwaukee, and then I lived a really long time in San Francisco, Okay. and a couple years in Los Angeles as well before coming back to Boise. Did you do real estate in those places too? No, not at all. Um, Photography. Yeah. Well, to be honest, uh, you know, growing up in a real estate family, you know, my dad was a was a broker my both my uncles were in the business I mean everybody was in the business where I just kind of swore up and down as a kid that I would never get into this business and then here I am now yeah. in this business
0: <laughs> well' it so, the bills
1: it does I mean and it's a great time to be a real estate agent in the state of Idaho I mean it's just it, it's there's so much happening um, there's a there's a shit ton of real estate agents but I mean if you're out there you're motivated and you're hungry there's you know you'll you'll do some deals for sure
0: yeah um, yeah. How was it getting started? So I guess you kind of had your base already because it was your dad's business, but how, it, how well, do you... Like, s- to somebody my age that's interested in doing something like that, you got to start with some cash, right? You can't just go...
1: Uh, man, I'm going to I'm gonna keep it really real with you. Um, okay. So Keeping I, that
0: just a hair closer to you, sorry. Yeah, no worries. Um,
1: so, you know, I, I actually... Um, I was doing really well with commercial photography, so I was a lifestyle, branding, and advertising photographer. Um, and you know, I thought at one point that was probably going to be what I was going to do for the rest of my life. I'm kind of a camera nerd. I'm really into cameras. I like tinkering. I like figuring out how you know cameras work. But um, I think with Instagram you know, in social media in general, like photography really changed. It was less about like what, um, the, it kind of, the art was stripped from it and it just became, you know, like just very, um, like who's in the photo, what are they wearing? Where I was more of just an artist, you know, I just kind of would trip out on like really cool photographs and, you know, that business model changed with Instagram and it was like, Who's in the photo? What are they wearing? Is the girl hot? You know, is she half naked? And that just kind of took over.
0: Yeah, especially on Instagram.
1: Yeah, and and it kind of killed the business. So, I found myself from having a very lucrative photography business to all of a sudden the phone just
0: kind of stopped ringing. Dang. Because especially now people can, like, cameras on phones are so good and then you have all the filters already there. Yeah, and it wasn't only that. It was like,
1: more so, like, brands were like starting to get really, I don't know, for lack of a better term, like woke, you know, like pushing. They were hiring people to like push certain social and political narratives. Okay. You know, that that I may or may not have agreed with. And um, and I was very passionate about it. So I like didn't like doing stuff that I didn't agree with. And uh, so I found myself in, in a situation where I was like, you know what, man, like this is not going to I I can't keep doing this. Yeah. So I made the decision to, you know, to move back to Boise. And, uh, by that time, my dad was pretty much retired, you know, like he, he had retired. And, um, so I moved back and I didn't really have a lot of cash either. Like I had some money stockpiled, but it wasn't like I was sitting on just, you know, like a boatload of money. Right. Like the situation was somewhat critical. Um, and, so I, I moved back, went through the licensing process, got licensed up and I was kind of expecting and hoping, I don't want to say expecting, but I was hoping to work with my dad and I just didn't really understand how the business worked.
0: Yeah. You need a mentor.
1: Yeah. And so the next thing you know, I'm, you know, out of real estate school with a license thinking like, okay, what's next? Mm-hmm. And that's, was a harsh reality check. Um, you know, I didn't have anybody, you know, it was something, I'm a self-starter. So luckily it worked out for me, you know, like there's, I can't tell you how many nights I was in the office by myself at ten thirty or 11 at night trying to figure things out. But, um, you know, like a complicated jigsaw puzzle, I just started, you know, just figuring it out and, you know, and just sort of worked like a chain reaction, really.
0: So take a step back. What's the process like to get your license? What is, is there like a series of classes you have to take?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's not too much to be honest. It's 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 not that much. It's like Just two weeks. It's thing. like two weeks of class time, like okay. eight to five thirty. Then you have to pass a state exam and then a national exam and then you know have fingerprints. You know that show you're not a convicted felon or anything like that. Or Do you having... have any scares?
0: <laughs> no, no, not really. I mean, I. I...
1: Maybe I was thinking maybe stuff when I was really young would pop up, but it wasn't, you know, it didn't. So that's good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, getting started, that's the thing is getting started in this business is no joke.
0: Right. Yeah. I, Cause you know, nobody knows you and you don't have much money to work with.
1: Yeah. And you're just like, okay, I need to go find some clients, you yeah. know, and, and, um, you know, I would get like a few leads, like they were just web leads that would come in. You know, somebody would be inquiring about a property, and and I, you know, maybe one out of two hundred of them would manifest. Wow. You know, where somebody would actually be like, "Yeah, actually, I'm really would like to go see that home." Or
0: yeah. So when was this? When uh, it was This was in
1: 2019.
0: Okay, so pretty recent. So pretty recent, yeah. yeah.
1: And then, um, but then I just. Uh, You know, I was like, well, hey, I need to make this work. And plus I liked it. You know, it was a challenge. Yeah. And then it just sort of started working like a domino effect. You know, like I find that if you, you know, if you do a good job at something, people are happy to refer you to their friends and their family and coworkers and so on and so forth. Yeah. And that's how this business really works.
0: Boise is a good place for that because it's big enough where there's plenty of opportunity, but small enough where people still talk to each other and people still know each other and
1: everything. Yeah, yeah. This it's what do they say? Boise is just one degree of separation. So I, I run into people all the time that, you know, I went to school with when I was younger, or you know, maybe they you know knew my cousins or they know my uncle or they knew my dad, and so it's always kind of a good conversation starter.
0: Yeah. So when you when you started. I don't know. I'm trying to figure out how to word this. Did your dad already have clients that you could use, or you started from he scratch? He was done. Okay. How he long was, had he been done?
1: Probably a good year or two. Okay. Probably, like he made it very clear. He was like, "Man, I'm done." Yeah. And I was like, "You're done." He was like, "I'm done." Yeah. And I think we've done one deal. We did one deal together. Wow. You know, like, and I had to like beg him to renew his license the last time. Like literally like just had to, to
0: get some help or just to, well, just cause
1: I wanted, you know, he had a referral, like somebody that he had worked with in 2012 reached out and wanted him. And I was like, Hey, I can't share a commission with you unless you're a licensed agent. Oh, cause it's, you know, bird dogging. it's illegal to share commissions. So, okay. um, so he reluctantly renewed his license and that lasted all about a year and then After that, I think he called up, you know, the IREC, which is Idaho Real Estate Commission and the Intermountain uh, Multiple Listing Services and just, like, canceled everything. So, now he's fully out. Yeah. So, yeah. But I I, I don't know. I've always been very driven and very motivated. You know, I never never finished college. Um, I have two years of junior college experience, but I was always very driven. Yeah. And I like to figure things out. I was a tinkerer, so I like to be able to figure things out.
0: What kind of... What did you have to figure out like as far as
1: marketing and well, advertising? and Well, I don't I don't really do any marketing or advertising. Um, I mean, just a little bit, but not... I don't like run aggressive marketing or advertising campaigns like you see some people do. You know, yeah. And to be honest, I feel like it's kind of cheesy, you know, because I'll be on Facebook or something, and then something will pop up, and you are like, oh, whoa, you know, and then you scroll, and then there's another one. Yeah. So, most of my clients are, I would say, my age, up to 75. So, you have most, like, early, mid-40s, up to the age of 75, with the median being, Somewhere around sixty-two to sixty-five. So they don't give a shit about social media. You know, they yeah. they want somebody. That, okay. You know, they're they they want somebody that knows what they're doing and will get the job done. Yeah. You know, um, I've done some really crazy, complex transactions. Um, like big six hundred acre backcountry ranches that were off grid.
0: You were out in horseshoe bend for like. I do s- a lot out there, man. It like, felt like you were on that one property for forever.
1: Yeah. I've done a lot of just like really tough deals, you know, where there's water rights and there's, you know, a hay operation there's cows, there's grazing permits, you know, multiple properties. I mean, it's some of the stuff I do is, but I, I approach it, you know, like a project, you know, where I'm like, okay. And I sit down and just, I need to make sense of things. That's just how my brain works where Yeah, it's like, If I don't fully understand something, I have trouble going from A to B without having a full understanding of what A is.
0: Do you have people working for you
1: or just you? Um, I don't. Not right now. I I mean, and I I think some of it is because I set such high expectations for myself that I don't want to burn somebody else out.
0: Yeah. No, my dad's the same way because then it's like, yeah. It is hard because I've tried that too. I try to get people to help me with the podcast. Mm-hmm. And at a certain point, it's like, oh, if you want something right, just do it yourself. Otherwise, you're going to be cleaning up someone else's mess all the time. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, and I have super high standards, you know, like for me, I always tell my clients this and, you know, I'm sure if there's any other agents that are listening to this, they'd be like, that guy's batshit crazy. But <laughs> I um, tell my clients like you call, you text me at any time of the day. If you know we're doing a, we're doing business, like I will pick up the phone.
0: Yeah, you know that's
1: just how I roll.
0: Yeah, you, you know, think that helps separate you from other realtors, or do they all do that?
1: Uh, I do, I do, because uh, the the big wheels of real estate never stop turning. Like this business never stops,
0: especially here.
1: Yeah, it never stops. You know, Christmas Eve, I've done deals. New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, wow. um, Easter. It's just that's just how it how it works, and you kind of and it's tough because it's hard to leave. It's hard to go on vacation, and what's even harder, man, is turning the shit off.
0: Yeah, yeah, my boss says the same thing because they go on trips all the time. And he's like yeah leaving isn't really that much more relaxing than just being here. Yeah
1: because you're trying to yeah exactly you're just you're trying to cover all your bases and yeah you know and people are, they they're pretty you know they're I don't want to say needy cuz that's not the right word but you know they worry you know like dang you know I'm doing a deal with this guy and he's gone right now and what yeah. if something happens even though you know like you or your boss have it under control I have it under control you know it's hard you know getting somebody else to feel the same
0: way. Yeah, so. that's true. You do a good job like you were able to help coach baseball or whatever. You you can put it away and well, that's all spend I do. time with your family. Yeah.
1: Dude, that's all I do is work and kids and uh new puppy. Yeah. New puppy work, kids <laughs> and, and exercise. Your kids are basically puppies. Yeah, they <laughs> Those are. These guys are everywhere. Dude, I feel bad for my wife, man. <laughs> Think about it, she has me, two boys, Stan and Miles, and two male dogs. Dang. And I was like, man, it's just like bro-fest for my life. <laughs> I feel bad for her. You got a good one. Yeah, I, I, I got pretty lucky. Well, you kind of have bro-fest going on here at your, yeah. your house, too.
0: And one older brother, too. My mom had all guys, too. Oh,
1: yeah, so.
0: It's a battle. It is
1: it is a battle. Man. <laughs> it really is. It is, yeah, so.
0: Is um, so one of the people right now thinking that the – housing market might be on a downturn or approaching a downturn?
1: Um, Up until uh, yesterday, no. I'm just curious to see, you know, with this bank failure. I'm curious to see what happens with interest rates because even during COVID, when like the rest of the country was shut down, Idaho was like this weird flower in the sand. Just was blossoming. You know, all my Counterparts in you know places like California or Washington, they were just like shut down, and here we were wide, we were open for business, and people were doing deals, and people were moving here in droves.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and we, our market, in my opinion, has not been as nearly as impacted as other markets. You know, I always tell people, you know, I get this every day. Oh, I'm gonna wait till the market busts even more. I was like, that's not going to happen, man. Just yeah. take a look around Boise, what's going on, how much construction there is. You know, I think we hit the floor. Um, interest, you know, the only challenge is the interest rates. We found creative solutions to that now, too, where during COVID, right, uh, when the interest rates were low, 2 3%, the goal was to get the purchase price down as much as possible because they're basically giving you a loan, you know, giving yeah. you the money with just like no interest on it. So the goal is to get the purchase price down as much as possible. Now the goal is to get the interest rate down as much as possible. So, you know, I've been working with clients and finding creative ways where it's like, Hey, like this home is listed for you know this much instead of trying to get the price down, why don't we come in at the asking price and seek what's called a seller concession to um, buy down the interest rate, pay for your appraisal, your closing costs, your prepaids, your escrow fees. And so that's kind of been the approach and it's working pretty good.
0: What's uh, Was it seller or buyer? What was it? It's, it's
1: called like a seller concession. Okay. Where you're basically getting the seller to pay for that. You know, you're either going in at the asking price and just asking for, you know, X amount, you know, whatever the lender will allow and in in a concession to the buyer. Okay. But you know, now with what's happening with the banks and you know, this, this idea that interest rates, well, it's they've already come out and said that the interest rates are going to go up again. It's, it's getting even more challenging, but I don't know. People are still doing business. People are still doing deals here. I'm busier now than I've been since I first started, you know. With
0: like, new construction. No, I don't uh,
1: well see, I don't know. It's weird because I don't just sell houses, you know. Right. Like I do a lot of farm and ranch and I do a lot of commercial, like mobile home parks, uh multifamily um grocery stores. I'm gonna be selling a blimpies soon yeah. you know so oh, wow. my business is a little bit different but i mean i still do a lot of single family homes yeah
0: because um, a lot of the work we're doing right now putting blinds up are in like like you said the multi are hot right now and a lot of them are just rental properties where people aren't actually buying to move in. Mm-hmm. so i thought maybe
1: and that's good man we need more rental properties here like rent yeah i mean you might as well i mean shit man rent's like probably the equivalent to living in los angeles
0: you know, Boise, like, Idaho. Me. Yeah. I make, yeah, I make pretty decent money for someone my age and like work as much as possible and can't afford it. It's pretty ridiculous. So. Yeah. It, it's
1: tough, man. I worry about the younger generation and like, especially my kids, like it's, you know, it's tough. It's a, you know, like it goes back to what I was saying, man. All I do is like work and family, you know, yeah. because it's like with the inflation and just all this uncertainty. You know, you're just trying to stockpile as much as you can. Yeah. You know.
0: Yeah. So. What did you do in San Francisco and Milwaukee?
1: Okay. So, I, I moved uh, to San Francisco uh, fresh out of high school with $800 and a duffel bag and my skateboard. Not That's No bullshit.
0: That's all for really yeah. needs.
1: No bullshit. And that was during the first dot-com boom in the late 90s. So, that was like... Remember the first... I don't even know. You were even alive at that time? No, no you weren't. Not until too so, Yeah, so there was like a an initial dot-com boom in the late 90s. And, uh, and San Francisco was the epic center for that. But it was also the epic center for skateboarding. So, you know, skateboarding was my first love. You know, that's what I did. I was good at it. Um, I wasn't the next Tony Hawk. You know, San Francisco was where you wanted to be if you wanted to do anything with skateboarding. Um, so I moved there, and man, it was rough. You know, because like, I didn't have—I had nothing. You know, next thing you know, I'm living in this crazy city, and you know, don't have anywhere to stay. And I mean, that whole thing was like a book in itself. Some of the yeah. stories.
0: Why did you choose San Francisco?
1: Because uh, that was the the mecca for skateboarding.
0: Oh, you went there. That was like too? Cooperstown okay.
1: for you know. That was like the. The mecca for skateboarding. Thrasher Magazine was there. A lot of the companies, you know, the big companies were there. The plan
0: was to make money skateboarding?
1: Um, Well, I mean, like I said, I was good, but I wasn't going to be the next Tony Hawk. So, like, I just wanted to be like in the mix, you know, like be be in the mix and maybe work in the business. And I did work in skateboarding for many years and, you know, and that's another industry that's pretty crazy. It's like photography. It's very cliquish and
0: yeah, almost you know. a cult.
1: Yeah, it is. And I mean, and I'm still part of that cult to this day. That's the thing is like the saying is like, once a skater, always a skater, like, especially when you kind of like, you know, have committed so many years to it. When's the last time you rode? Do you still ride? Uh, yeah, I mean, I could still get on a board and do stuff for sure. Yeah. Um, but it, I don't know. My youngest son was into it briefly, so I went out with him. But you got to understand, when I was doing it, it was like way more like, it wasn't as acceptable as it is now. Like, okay. there was no X Games. Yeah. You know, it was punk rock, man. It was like, you were like an outlaw. That's cool. You know, and um, and so it's it's kind of funny. Like, I'll pull out stuff. Like, some people will send me stuff, like pictures or video clips, and, and I'll show my kids, and they're just are like, what the hell? Like, they just trip out <laughs> off have of you. It.
0: Yeah, just stuff I have, you know, from okay. when I was,
1: you know, from the 90s and early 2000s, and they're just like, what the hell?
0: You know what the new hip thing is now? Because everything, like tattoos used to be kind of that way. They used to be punk and like frowned upon and now they're not. Mm-hmm. Now the new thing, the only way you can break the rule is to go back to being the straight Christian. That's what kids are doing now. Hey, that's cool, you know? Yeah, yeah you it's know? come full circle. You can't, that's like, cool. Yeah. your hair isn't like yeah. punk anymore. Yeah, I, hey, all the way back. Yeah, man.
1: I, I respect whatever people are into, man. That's, yeah. that's, that's all good. You know, you got to have faith and Yeah. You know, I respect everybody's faith and it's the only way to be
0: rebellious now.
1: Yeah. And I, and I respect it. You know, I respect everyone's faith and their viewpoints and pretty open-minded in my old age, man.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) So, uh, when was the decision made to go to Milwaukee then? Well, no, I moved there because my parents, uh, so man, I'm a fourth generation Idahoan, but my parents divorced when I was really young and my mom went back to school um, decided to go back to school. So we moved to Denver first and she okay. went to the uh, Denver University. And that was a trip, man. Imagine being, you know, some kid from Caldwell, Idaho. And the next thing you know, you're living in a big city, you know, like, and you're around different ethnicities. Like I never even saw that before, you know, oh, next yeah. thing you know, I'm like in, the mi- like in the middle of it going to a school where I was the minority, Yeah, you know, and I was like, holy crap. And then uh, after she graduated from there, I kind of bounced back and forth between Idaho and um, and uh, Milwaukee. But she moved to Milwaukee, and then um, and I fin- I ended up finishing high school up there. Okay, I had it backwards.
0: I was thinking Milwaukee was after San Francisco. No, no.
1: Um, okay, and but and to, to be honest, you know, I wanted to live there because the rules were a little less strict, you know, with my mom than with my dad. Okay you know so that kind of went a long way when I was young
0: yeah you know it's not like I was like
1: crazy out of control it was just more like you know take the bus downtown to downtown Milwaukee and skateboard and you know it was just like there wasn't as rules you know weren't as strict so yeah
0: did your parents uh were they okay with you skateboarding and
1: uh, my mom was cool with it. My dad didn't really care much for it, you know, until he saw, like, I was making money doing it, you know, like working okay. in the industry and, um, like, you know, cause I did, I played sports up until, I don't know what, ninth grade or something, football and every basketball and baseball. And I just kind of got into
0: skateboarding and I was like, this is what I'm going to do. That's cool. Yeah. When did, sorry to keep jumping around. No, just no, trying that's to all connect good. Dots. When did the photography start? Hmm.
1: So as you can see, man, I've lived a very colorful life. Um, I uh, when it was pretty much like when I stopped skateboarding, I got into writing. Okay. And t- truth be told, I got in a little bit of trouble with the law, just like being a punk kid, you know. And um, so I got into writing, and um, and I decided I should probably, you know, do some, you know, maybe back to school. So I went to San Francisco city college and joined a journalism class. And I wrote a story about skateboarding and I'll never forget. The teacher's name was Juan Gonzalez and he was the editor of this newspaper called the El Tocolate the owl. And it's the oldest bilingual newspaper in the country. Oh wow. Um, And it's Spanish and English and it was, yeah, printed bi-weekly. And he came up to me, he's like, hey man, and he this was like a dude from, you know, like he's like he was a neighborhood guy in San Francisco you know um, and he was like, hey man he was like, that story you wrote, that's pretty good, like are you interested in writing for the paper? Uh, not for the El Toca Latte, but for the San Francisco City College newspaper. Okay. And I was like, yeah. And so I got really into that. And, you know, So I was about your age, 20, 21, 22 at the time and Um, and then that just took off. And then the next thing, you know, I'm working for the San Francisco Chronicle as a writer.
0: what did you write about?
1: Um, I did a lot of, I did features mostly. I didn't do hard news. I did like features mostly. Okay. And then I had a column in the San Francisco Chronicle. And This was when the Chronicle was, you know, that was a very proud moment for me, bro. That's awesome. Like I had a column in the San Francisco Chronicle when it was a like a respected, you know, newspaper. And it was still very much print at the time. Like online was just starting to come out. Right.
0: Back when people bought news. Yeah. But it
1: was, people were buying newspapers and I would just love seeing, you know, seeing my stories, you know, in print, you know, I had, a, you know, a handful of front page stories, you know, features, but at the time you needed to be able to, To uh, increase my value as a writer, I was like, man, I need to take my own photos as well. And what it did at one time where I was like, I I wrote a story and I'd spent a lot of time on it. It was a skateboarding story about like the kind of the skateboarding scene in San Francisco. Okay. And I took um, my own photos for it. And then I had a surprise when the thing print was in print, like three, four days later, like they sent a photographer out and like shot the exact same shit as me Oh damn. that I submitted. And I was like, really heated about that. Yeah,
0: that's messed up.
1: But I understood it because it was like, it's all union, you know? So like they kind of had to, but at that point I was like, man, I'm going to do this shit myself. Then the next thing you know, the photo stuff just took off because I already had a a pretty good understanding of photography through skateboarding, you know, reading magazines and just being around, taking pictures of each other, you know, doing tricks and video. And so I started off as a skateboard photographer, like, and I had access to like some of the best pro skateboarders in the world. So I was just like, Hey man, let me get some pictures, you know?
0: Yeah. Who's going to say no? They're just, they just do their thing, right? It's Mm -hmm. nothing extra for them.
1: Yeah. And they were, yeah, that's just guys I'd known for a long time. And then that just took off, dude. The next thing I know, I was like, just found myself walking around, taking pictures, you know, meeting people and, you know, kind of developed my own style. And it just took off dude from there.
0: Those uh, pictures of strangers you do on Instagram are pretty cool.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I just enjoyed it, you know, just walking around, talking to people, sometimes asking, take pictures, other times not. Yeah. You know, and just kind of looking for cool stuff, man. You know, but it's uh, like I said, the business is, uh, it's just, it's changed a lot.
0: You know, I mean,
1: I did some pretty big stuff, man. I did a big campaign for Apple, um, Acura, um, oh. Mini Cooper, UPS, Under Armour, um, Adidas. Budweiser you know and like the business was great but then like I said you know that just the model just changed literally overnight
0: wow you
1: know once it started becoming like very political and like pushing social and political messages that I always tried to keep out of my photography you know um, I just want I just like making cool pictures yeah so I was like you know what like I just can't do this you know and uh i don't want to get sued for saying this but like i i'll never forget like i had a disagreement with apple and uh i'll never never forget that the producer that was assigned to work with me you know after a meeting we had with some like really high ups there she was like and i said no to something you know and i was like no i can't do that and i just remember she told me after, she's like, I can't believe you said no to that. She's like, I've never heard anybody say no.
0: Wow. That's pretty weird that people always just comply. Like, okay, you're gonna well they my think oh it's Apple. It. Yeah. They like, Oh it's Apple. Yeah, so, but I just yeah. You know, Can you say what they wanted you to no, do? I no, I can't. I can't. Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's pretty wild. So yeah man, I've I've lived a pretty crazy life, dude. I've <laughs> seen some crazy shit and been around some crazy shit, you know
0: and that's why this kind of format is pretty cool, because you can, like, I'm not going to ask you to, to say anything or to not say anything. Most podcast hosts, I don't I don't think they do. Just yeah. let it loose. Let it fly. Yeah,
1: I mean, well, some stuff I don't want to, you know, I just don't want to be, you know, just, I don't want to be starting shit, you know? <laughs> we, no, well,
0: that's yeah. on you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's, yeah. still, that's still up to you. Yeah. Um, music but I think it's still kind of that way. You can still, for the most part, say what you want to in music.
1: Uh, yeah yeah you can um but even then too i mean you know if you kind of go against the and that's what it's been i always kind of went against the grain my whole life just being a skateboarder you know being a street photographer and the stories i wrote for the newspaper they were just stories that they'd never you know published before that was just always the way i approached it the music i listened to is a little bit different than what most people like um
0: What's I've always, the San Francisco Chronicle chronic, Chronicle like now?
1: Um, I don't know. I haven't really been paying. It, I haven't paying attention to it. I don't read. Uh, I don't know. See, that's the thing is, uh, it, the business was different. You know, journalism was different when I was doing it. Yeah. You know, now it's like I read stuff and I'm like, whoa, I can't believe they printed that. So. I don't really pay attention to it i don't really watch tv um it's all kind of gotten falsified yeah i don't watch tv i don't i don't watch you know i don't watch the news i don't i canceled my subscription to the statesman um where do you get all your information how do you stay updated I would say, you know, some of the alternative, you know, news sites I, I look at and I talk to friends. I'm in different chat groups with things. and Okay. Yeah. And so, they keep me up to speed. So, man, to be, to be honest, dude, I just don't even have time for it. For yeah. You know, I just don't even have time to, you know, research things or spend a lot of time, you know, on the internet. Like, I have a show, a big photography show on June 2nd at um, Push and poor. And here What's, we are. Uh, you know where, you know, where, have you heard of Push and Pour? No. Oh, man. Dude, it's the best coffee shop in, uh, in, well, it's in Garden City. Okay. But it's on 34th Street in Garden City. Uh, it's skater owned and ran. Gotta say hi to Lucas. Um, and it's a big location happening area. So I'm doing a huge show there on June, Friday, June 2nd
0: you going to have a display with some of the work you've done? Yeah,
1: probably, like, up 100 photos, I think.
0: Okay. Up so, if me. I go in there and say, I know Travis, you send me in, do I get a free coffee or something? Uh, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> <Or> <laughs> We're going to try, try it, yeah. Maybe he's be like, okay, bro.
1: Um, <laughs> Who the hell is Travis? Um, and, it, yeah, so, it's kind of cool. Like, uh, I was in San Francisco in December. I did a bunch of work for a hotel. Um, that opened up out there. They licensed a bunch of my photos, or not a bunch of them, but 16 photographs that they had distribute, you know, used in 262 rooms, I think. So that wow. was kind of a trip.
0: That's yeah. pretty cool.
1: And then I have some um, photos that are going to be in a movie that's coming out um, sometime sometime in
0: 2023.
1: What movie? Uh, it's called The Idea View okay by and uh, it's based off of a, like a best-selling novel and Anne Hathaway is the main character Dang. so she plays a gallery owner in Los Angeles so um,
0: and your pictures are in the gallery they're
1: in the gallery in great. her house and then in her office Wow yeah just random you know like I don't I'm not active in Photography, but it's just like weird residual stuff.
0: Yeah. So know? these were pictures you had already taken, and they said, "Hey, can we use these?"
1: Yeah. Some of this stuff, dude. I took. I mean, maybe twenty years ago. Wow. You know, it's like, where the hell did you? Where did you even find that? <laughs>
0: like, you don't even have it anymore.
1: No, I have it, but I was like, <laughs> how the hell? Like, where did you even find that picture? Like, I literally took that picture twenty years ago, almost. Dang. So yeah, so that's kind of cool, you know. Um, I'd like to do more photography you know it's definitely my passion but i just can't you know i mean gosh you know dude my business is i you know it's pretty high demand and then my kids i'm you know professional uber driver when i'm not (laughs) you know shuttling kids around
0: yeah yeah for the listeners i've been trying to get travis on the podcast for probably three weeks now and mm -hmm. i mean work and the what kind of class are you taking oh
1: yeah um taking the broker's classes so okay. i can take over our uh, office here Oh, well i don't know my uncle's retiring so it's huh. kind of kind of step up to the plate yeah yeah literally
0: <laughs> so you got the the job and the class and two kids playing on multiple baseball teams and a new puppy yeah it's, it's like, pretty yeah, yeah it's pretty wait. busy yeah, yeah. Definitely don't have a couple hours to sit down and do a podcast on a weekly.
1: Well, dude, I'm glad we're here now, though.
0: Appreciate you, you coming know. out. Yeah, man. This yeah. has been pretty
1: sick. I know I jumped all over the place, but, like, you know, it's kind of, I kind of had a pretty crazy run at it. You know, like, my life's been colorful. Yeah. I guess is the word to say.
0: <laughs> well, we could get into the music part now. Earlier you said the, the sure. kind of music you listen to isn't what most people listen to.
1: Yeah, you know, I, a lot of it was stuff that I discovered um, initially through skateboarding. You know, skateboarding is a very, like, creative sport. Yeah. Um, and so you know, I'd watch videos when I was in 7th, 8th grade, and I was like, man, what was that? That was cool. So I had a... You know, I was just exposed to really good music young. You well, know, most
0: and, of the, music, the good music was when you were young. Yeah. It was prime music.
1: Yeah, stuff, you know, I would say... All of the like hip hop that came out from like nineteen ninety one to ninety five ish is my favorite. Whether it's west coast or east coast. Yeah. That's some of, that's some of my favorite stuff.
0: Yeah. So Yeah, we had a good time in Washington. where I learned all kinds of stuff. So we were out in up in Washington for the for the regional tournament after the thirteen U team. I coached on it. This is how I know Travis. I guess maybe mm. we should have started there. Mm. So I know Travis because his son was a catcher on a team that I coached, and I was kind of the catcher coach for that team. But anyway, we won state, mm. and then you were nice enough to let me stay with you instead of a hotel in Washington. Yeah, we
1: we couldn't do that too. Bro. <laughs> I told I told Andy I was like, man, we can't let Quinn have to be <laughs> in some a, hotel by himself.
0: I had the PlayStation ready to go. I was just gonna play PlayStation and coach yeah. baseball all week. But yeah, man, sitting by the ocean and. Hanging out, watching UFOs go by and listen to music was a pretty good time.
1: Yeah, it was cool, too, because I know, you know, we we were nerding out on music. You know, I know we kind of have similar tastes in music and like more uh, some of the obscure stuff.
0: Yeah. You know? Well, it's not even just taste. It's like the appreciation for real music that is written mm-hmm. by the artist mm-hmm. and recorded Without a ton of filters. By the
1: artist, too. Yeah. yeah. It's like written and produced by the artist. And that's what, yeah, you're right, dude. That's the stuff I like is like that more raw stuff where you can see. Yeah. You know, my photography was always very raw, you know, and so, yeah. and skateboarding is very raw. Well, mm-hmm. now, see, now, I don't know. See, like everything, skateboarding and music is very rehearsed. That's what I don't like about it. Look, you know? I think it can still be raw, even if it's practiced a lot. But, but what I mean by that, it's, like, very dramatic, and, like, it just kind of has lost that, you know, that kind of rugged feel to it that I like. It's not so I, genuine? Yeah, it's not as genuine, yeah. Um, and I always, like I said, I always, always went against the grain. I like stuff people didn't, you know, people would be like, man, what the heck?
0: Yeah. So That's why I like the podcast, because it's, like you know, first take, we're going to record, and then it's going to be posted, and that's it. You have one shot.
1: Yeah, so, you know, gosh, dude, I have probably, I don't know, I have maybe, like, four or 5,000 cassette tapes.
0: Dang. Somebody was telling me this in Washington. Oh, yeah,
1: some, and some of this stuff, dude, is, like, way, like, low run. Like, there's, like, they maybe did, like, 40 or 50 copies of it. Jeez.
0: They're all legit, to and, sense, and they're right?
1: yeah, and they're and they're yeah, they're like have a handwritten labels on them. You oh know? yeah, and uh, they're now of you know it's available on the internet, and people nerd out over it. But you know, I, I have the originals of those, and people are like, "What the hell?"
0: That's pretty cool. So you were you were telling me in Washington that you know some of these guys. I know a lot of these, them. All these old school hip hop guys. I know
1: a lot of them. How'd yeah. How'd you
0: meet them? Um, just
1: some happenstance sometimes i'd reach out you know and uh sometimes i'd reach out like i know selsky really well um also i know i know rifleman la cool really well ac alone i mean i don't even know if these are names that but i just would either reach out or i'd meet him out in this you know out and about in the street or i'd go to a show and start talking to him keep in touch and yeah you know um, gosh just the other day I was talking you know group have you heard of group home
0: sounds pretty familiar maybe from you though
1: yeah they were part of like that uh, like Gangstar, you know you know yeah. gang star mm-hmm. part of that crew okay. I was just talking to him the other day
0: so is he from San Francisco no
1: he's from New York
0: okay so uh, how do you but, meet these guys that aren't from San Fr- from San Francisco um
1: Gosh, I mean, I'll, yeah. Go. I've gone to shows, or you know, I'll just send them a message, and maybe they'll like see. Oh, this guy's a dope photographer. Yeah. You know who was the craziest person that actually gave me props one time that I was tripping out on? About was Rakim. and this oh. was probably this was probably like two thousand nine. So what? How long ago was that? Twenty fourteen years ago. Yeah. So this was in two thousand nine, like someone I don't even remember how I started talking to him but it was yeah Rakim is like hey man those are dope photos like just randomly out of nowhere I was like holy like crap But he just messaged you yeah and I was like holy crap like what the heck <laughs> you know cause that was like my hero you know I yeah. mean, coming up in my generation like Rakim and I mean that was the dude yeah that's cool. you know Eric B and Rakim
0: did you get to meet these guys in- did you meet them in person
1: no, I never, I've never. never met him
0: in person. Okay. Um, I feel like I would always be so scared. I'm definitely the type of person that would get starstruck. trying to think. Of,
1: I don't know. I've met him. I don't know, man. I, you get to a certain age, you just do not even care anymore.
0: You know, like. I feel like I'd be the opposite where it's like, man, because when you listen to someone's music, it kind of gets a little like more personal, a little deeper level. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, I know you but then they have no idea who you are. I feel like I'd be so nervous.
1: Yeah, you'd be surprised, man. People, you know, they'd probably respect it. Yeah. You know, like if you went up to, you know, RBL Posse or Selfie, they'd be like, oh, right on, bro.
0: (laughs) They'd just just be excited someone my age knows who they are, I think.
1: (laughs) Yeah, sometimes I kind of trip out because, what was it uh, my wife said to me? She's like, hey, do you know that... uh, Who's what was the guy, What's that guy's name, dude? Uh, Michael Rapaport. You know, who, you know who that is Michael Rapaport, the actor. I don't Think so. She's like, oh yeah. Did you know that he follows you on Instagram? I was like, mm. I was like, no, that's cool though.
0: Oh, you have so many Instagram followers.
1: Yeah, that's that's what trips me out. It's just like, <laughs> you know, so I was like, oh shit. You know. yeah. yeah. I never took it that serious, you know. Like as you can see, I'm not even active on there really. You know, I haven't. I don't think I've. I'll tell you right now, dude. Last time I posted a photograph on Instagram, so I'm curious now. I
0: scrolled through like the first maybe 15 posts the other day, just to like to get some ideas of talking points. I was like six posts deep, and it was like 2021,
1: February 17, 2021. Yeah, the there you go. I, so over a year, it's been over a year since I posted a photograph on there. Dang. But. I don't know. I look at photos they are like fine wine, you know, they're just, they age. And, yeah. And I think they become more important as they age. Yeah. So. Yep.
0: Yeah. How often do you get to do like, because I know you took pictures for baseball teams and whatnot, but how often do you get to do real creative photography these days?
1: Um, I have, between you and me, man, I have a, uh, like a Tupperware storage container that's filled with film that I haven't developed like 60 plus roles
0: from recent mm-hmm.
1: from like since I moved back to Idaho. Yeah. Okay. Where I would just go off on these adventures, like disappear in the back country for a few days, you know, cause even though I live in the city for a long time, I am an Idaho guy. Yeah. You know, I am an Idaho guy. So I know, you know, I can disappear in the back country.
0: We have the most beautiful part of the country. I think in the whole, in the whole U S dude,
1: Idaho, This is, this place is magical.
0: It's unreal. Yeah.
1: I mean, not only, I mean, even though it's, it's really crowded and it gets frustrating at times, it's not hard to still like get away from people, from everyone.
0: And it doesn't, it's not a far drive.
1: It's not a far drive. Yeah. And because I get, I get a little bit frustrated sometimes, you know, it's hard for me to swallow the growth, you know, that's (laughs) happening here because. You know, it is, You don't want things to change. You want them to stay the same way. And I think about my 90 something year, 91 year old grandma who's just watched crazy changes here. Um, you don't want it to change. And then, and it's inevitable, you know, like what, when you just look around and just the amount of construction that's happening here. Yeah. And not just houses, but like big, like skyscrapers and mm-hmm. big, you know, they're building up, not just out.
0: Right. Yeah. More high rise housing. And, yeah. But man, you spend a weekend in Stanley or somewhere like that. You don't even want to go. You don't want to come back.
1: Well, see, that's what trips me out, dude. Cause Stanley, when I was a kid, that was like, that's where you go. If you were just trying to hide out. Now it's like a tourist destination. Yeah. You know, that used to be like real back country back in the day. Um, I remember the first time my dad took me to Sawtooth Lake when I was a kid.
0: it's so beautiful. And we didn't
1: pass, a, and this was probably like 1990, and we didn't pass a single person, bro, on the Damn. trail. Like, it was just, and, you know, camped out there, didn't see no one. Wow. But now it's, you know, now you go up there, you pass 25 people on the trail. Oh, yeah. You know, it's just, that's, that's what trips me out about yeah. Idaho.
0: Because my friend Griffin was here. Oh, yeah. In early last August. Didn't you,
1: you camped where I was. Didn't I tell you where to go to camp or we something did, like that? We did
0: it by the book, how you told me to do it. Yeah, we it, it was good, spot. huh? We went to your hiking spot. You went Just, to Iron Creek and then yep, camped. Yeah. yeah, dude. Yeah, exactly. was beautiful, yeah. though. It was so cool. But, yeah, we probably passed. You're right. We probably passed 30 people, and we went.
1: Then you came back with COVID, right? <laughs> No we, had, we
0: had, no, we did that hike with COVID. Oh, shit. <laughs> we did okay. Oh, shit. Okay, this is actually a funny story. So we go, you know, where you start that hike to Sawtooth Lake, mm-hmm. and i i have only been in Boise four and a half years, and he doesn't live here, so we didn't know what to expect. I thought um, it was just going to be flat ground, five oh, mile no. hike to this lake. Yeah. So we had—I had a backpack with four slim jims. And a half a Gatorade for this, like, you oh, literally dude. hike up the mountain.
1: Yeah, it's pretty good. That's good. It's a good workout, man. That's yeah. a good. And know. we had COVID. Oh, you guys were just dying.
0: It was rough. We stopped. Did you
1: jump in the lake when you got there finally?
0: We got, like, we got knee or waist deep. Mm. But, man, it was cold as hell up there in the water. Oh, yeah. But just the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. But it turns out. We were expecting... We left... I think we got to where you start hiking at 9, 30, 10 in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I was expecting me back by lunchtime. Mm-hmm. Nope. Mm-hmm. We were back at, like, dinner time. Yeah. Because, yeah, Cause, yeah the, just the coolest hike I've ever done. Just gorgeous. Man, my da- I remember my
1: dad used to take me to some crazy
0: places, man. Uh,
1: you know, I don't even know... If- have to talk to him I'll have to ask him I was like what's some of those places you took me as a kid because he was in, you know he was an Idaho guy you know like I, like I said I'm a fourth generation Idaho and so like I think my great grandfather came to Idaho in 1865 or something or, like before it was even a state it was just a territory <laughs> so um, so the Idaho roots run deep and then you know about the Idaho the you know the legend right it's well, like, there's it? like a Shoshone legend where it's just like, if you live in Idaho in one place for more than a year, you always come back to Idaho.
0: I believe it. That's why we're here. My dad came back.
1: See, yeah. I don't know anyone. I'm trying to think. I don't know anyone that's left that hasn't come back.
0: There's just not a better place to live. There's not
1: no better place to live. No, no. better place to raise a family. Yeah. The quality of life is unsurpassed, um, you know, minus the aggressiveness on the roads in Ada County and Ada and Canyon County.
0: Oh, you ain't seen nothing.
1: Uh, well, yeah, I mean, no, I, I know, (laughs) I I mean, dude, I'm San Francisco, LA, you know, but minus that, like this is still, you know, this is still just an incredible place to live. Oh yeah. You know, um, I don't know. I'd like to, at some point like you know disappear even more like go up to like Riggins or Dixie or something you know Riggins is pretty cool yeah just be up in the back country
0: yeah I I like it yeah you like having to carry around a gun
1: (laughs) Uh, I don't like having to carry around a gun to be honest man I never felt the need to carry my gun anywhere in in, in, uh, the only place I've ever the only time I ever have my gun on me is if I'm in a in a property where I need it you know, like and that's rare. The last time I I sold this ranch outside of Gooding, um, that was in between Gooding and Fairfield in the little city of Rocks, and they had been using this place for wildlife conservation. Right, so this place was fucking teeming with wildlife. And that's the only time I ever felt the need to have my gun on me. Sometimes I take it camping too. That yeah. Day. That Other was than the, that, first, I don't...
0: the first time I felt like I needed one was when you sent said- us to Iron Creek
1: yeah but I mean there's so many people over there still like you know you're not gonna well, maybe some maybe some bears mm-hmm. I got the craziest cat story ever from one of my cousins
0: these things freak me out tell this story cause yeah mountain lions freak me out
1: so my cousins um so one of my cousins is a total good old boy eagle scout you know, like just—I think he, he lives in Sam. Or no, no, he's in Hood River now. But he lived in Sandpoint for a long time. Caldwell guy and then okay. my other two cousins were camping out by, um, by Lake Lowell, and this was in the mid '90s. So this was before, you know, Canyon County saw this—you know—explosive growth out there too. Like that was where you would go, you know, drink beer as a teenager, smoke cigarettes, whatever so they were camping and one of my cousins drank too much and he was passed out in the bed of a pick- of the pickup truck and they kind of leaned him over the side of the pickup you know cuz he was he had been vomiting <laughs> and he said he woke up you know and he woke up to this <sighs> oh no and it was a it was, a, it was a big mountain lion that was just sniffing all around his mouth and his jugular. Oh, my So, God. the vomit had attracted the cat. Yeah. And it was just sniffing all, like, around here. Oh. And he was like, I was like, holy shit, dude. And he said he's, like, freaked out. Yeah. You know, but he was, like, paralyzed. Couldn't do anything. And then one of my, the Eagle Scout cousin happened to look over, you know, or hear something and looked over and then had his rifle right there. And just fire one off in the air and the cat took off. Yeah. But I mean, it's, think about oh like, You have a cat God. on your jugular.
0: Even if he wasn't paralyzed, if he could, like, think, to, there's nothing. There's, there's nothing to do. you could do because no. if
1: you move too quick, he's going to strike you. Yeah. And I told him, I said, man, congrats. That's, like, probably one of the gnarlier wildlife stories I've ever wow. heard. I would yeah.
0: I would have crapped myself right there. He said he woke up. <laughs> he said he woke up and oh he'd been vomiting
1: God. and was, like, all, oh, like,
0: man. half
1: coherent and just, just hears.
0: Those things are unbelievable. If that thing wanted him dead, it would take no time at all. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Wow. So,
1: yeah. That's the only,
0: i to be honest, man, I,
1: don't, I don't really, I'm not one of those guys that rolls around with my gun on me. I, I'm, you know, I never felt the need, you know, yeah. really, unless I'm camping or, you know, I, I sold a property once that was really in the back country where there were a lot of bears and they were using it for wildlife conservation saw two wolverines there I'd never seen a wolverine before
0: wow I've never seen one that's pretty cool
1: um and yeah that's the only time I ever had my gun never had to use it except for to shoot a rattlesnake a shot a rattlesnake with it out there that's a snipe yeah it was yeah it was a kind of a lucky I mean it was a close it was close range though.
0: So. yeah so I have a fraternity brother that does a ton of like hiking skiing all this other stuff mm-hmm. and I asked him because I want to do more like backpacking and stuff this summer and I asked him, I was like, do you, do you take like a gun or what do you take with you? Because I know like, he's shot. out in the middle of nowhere, like mm-hmm. not on a trailer or anything. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I just take some bear spray. Yeah. And I was like, "That does not does that do anything to a mountain lion?" And he was like, oh, I've been run up on, by a mountain lion one time. And I just kind of made myself look big and like backed away a little slowly and tried mm-hmm. to throw stuff at it if I could. And it ran away. And I was like, yeah, see, I want, like, a Glock or something. No. Like, I don't want to shoot it, but I feel like that would be more effective at scaring it away.
1: Yeah. To be honest, and that's the thing is I don't – I have a lot of friends that hunt. I don't hunt.
0: Yeah.
1: And, and it's – I don't have anything against it. I just uh, – you know, I just appreciate the wildlife. Right. You know, um, to be honest, I'd rather – I would – you know, I, I – I, you know elk are beautiful creatures to me and I have nothing against it I love elk too I eat elk Um, I just you know I'd rather put one in some piece of shit you know someone that's maybe harming children before I were to do something to a helpless animal
0: that's true you know yeah we saw a pretty good pretty good group of elk uh, at that campsite that you sent us to
1: oh yeah. yeah, yeah
0: yeah they walked right through
1: yeah Yeah, I just think the wildlife, I mean, they're just amazing creatures. Yeah. You know, especially when you see, you know, like moose and antelope. I mean, they're just great. I love it.
0: Did you see that clip of, uh, it went viral online, these people having a wedding and a bear took out like a moose or an elk or something across the creek from the wedding? No. So that yeah, they wanted this nature wedding, and everyone was horrified of this bear just annihilating it up. They live violent lives; like they're all beautiful creatures, but it's violent. Yeah, they do. That's and, pretty funny. I should—I'll send it to you. After yeah, you have
1: to—you have to let me check that out. <laughs> but yeah, so I don't know, man. I don't know what the future holds. Really, I'm just kind of—I'm just riding the wave, man. You know, my wake up every day and. Shit, this morning. You know what? Okay, what time is it now? 8. So it is eight twenty. I've been up since about three thirty this morning. Oh wow. Yeah. So that's just kind of how I start my day.
0: What time do you go to bed?
1: Uh, eleven.
0: Okay. Yeah,
1: 11, 11 ish.
0: You feel good on four and a half hours?
1: Uh it depends. And if I it depends on if I have beers the night before. <laughs> you know, if I have if I have like one beer or two beers, then I'm okay. But if I have four then But I've actually, I'm super proud of my oldest son because I've been waking him up at 4:45, 5 in the morning, and he's super motivated to work out.
0: That's cool. So, what do you do when you get up at 3:30? Uh, I'll
1: check my emails, respond to emails. You know, obviously, I can't start texting
0: people. (laughs) You know, he'll get sued. (laughs) Yeah, I can't start
1: texting people uh, at that time. But I'll respond to emails, um, check. Check social media. That's kind of really the only time I really check it is at three thirty, four in the morning, and then get up, make coffee, and then down, you know, ready to hit the weights or calisthetic workout at four forty five.
0: What kind of workouts do you do?
1: So this morning uh, we started with um, we did a push up routine first, where it was he does ten, I do twenty. So we did 100, I did a 100 push ups probably in about 12 minutes, you know, in sets of 20.
0: Okay. You know, so I would do
1: them and then he would do them. And then we did um, one, two, three, 60 pull ups, like a mix of wide grip, hammer grip, and then uh, chin up. Okay. And then we did a an exercise where it's, like, I guess it would be kind of a core exercise where you're in a push-up position and you're doing, like, mountain climbers, jumping jacks, oh, yeah. uh, legs to chest, and then hip openers. And then we did a bunch of squats, and then we ended with push-ups, but I was doing the Navy SEAL ones, which is, like, where you do a knee to chest on either side. Oh,
0: yeah. Those are tough. Yeah, so... Good man, for I'm him.
1: 44, so like, you know, I need him to, you know, he motivates me. I motivate him. We listen to old school hip hop. That's cool. Yeah, it'd be like 5 in the morning, you know, 5.15. He, uh, I appreciate, man, there's no way in hell he would have got me to do that at his age.
0: Oh, me neither. There's no way athlete. in hell. That you kid. know, he's an athlete.
1: Yeah, man. I, man, knock on wood, man. That's, I've been very blessed with good kids, man.
0: Yeah. Well, they're both, yeah, they're both super cool. I've coached.
1: Yeah, you coach coached both of them. Yeah. Yeah, you've coached both of them, and they both have a ton of respect for you. I mean, you taught Stan really how to catch, man. I mean, I had no idea how to catch her. I don't even know how the hell he started catching. You have to tell me.
0: (laughs) Well, we – so going into that summer baseball season, we knew that we had – well, I don't know if I should use names. Oh, yeah. We'll just say – Z. Z. will protect the... Protect Zorro. The, yeah, we'll protect the innocent. Mm-hmm. Ch- names have been changed to protect the innocent. Um, so we knew we had like two and a half, three catchers. But when you're going into Idaho summer when it's 110 and you've got two or three games in a day, you need three, four catchers sometimes. Because mm-hmm. a couple of them pitch too. Yeah. It's like you've got to protect the arms. So we knew that we were going to need one more and then that fall season before the summer, uh, I think. Oh, oh he was met- messing around. Yeah, I remember that. He was just kind of yeah. because he
1: was pitching, but then he would mess around back there. I remember yeah. that.
0: Just because mm-hmm. he's an athlete. Yeah. So I'll use Matt's name because Matt's done the podcast. But yeah, uh, Matt told me he's he was an like, awesome guy. By the way, Matt's pretty cool, dude. He is a rad guy. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Um. He told me he's like, "Hey, Stan's catching the You should come check it out." And I was just impressed with the the athleticism. I mean, he is yeah. as a player, not not as a person, because I'm not as good of an outward leader as he is. But as a player, he's like a replica of what I was. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was that was going to be cool to coach because, yeah, the, the the obvious athleticism was there, and the soft hands were there. So I was pretty excited, to, and uh, the head coach of that team was so cool. He really gave me free rein of the catchers and let me do what I do.
1: Dude, you are a great coach. I will say this for your age. Know. So I'm, I'm. I think I'm twice your age, right? Yeah. I will say this, man. You have a lot of uh, patience, and you're very well composed. I appreciate that. you know where. Some of us may get a little bit more worked <laughs> up over things. You know? Well, sometimes
0: I, I wish I you're was very
1: more. well composed, man. You know, you're a good, you're a great coach to those kids. I think
0: oh, I appreciate that, but sometimes I wish I was more like expressive because I think that's what, like, especially if you're a player, that's what kind of sparks the team.
1: Well, I've seen you lay it down on those kids i seen you, you know, I, they listen, I've you know. I've, I've seen you lay it down time. on them. Yeah, yes. I've seen you, you know, tell them, hey, man, that's not going to cut it here. Yeah. We're all going to, you're all going to do burpees. You're all going to run laps. And
0: Oh, man, one time, uh, one of the kids, I'll, I'll give you his initials, uh, A, B, and he played right field force at the mm-hmm. at the regional tournament. Mm-hmm. So when we were at the indoor practices, he was screwing around, and I think he, like, he didn't throw it hard, but he tried to shoot a baseball into the bucket after batting practice or whatever, and hit a kid in the head. Mm-hmm. And I had him go do wall sits, and I forgot he was over there. I was working with the catchers. It was like eight minutes later, and he's like, can I stop doing wall sits now? <laughs> he's like, oh man, I'm so sorry. I forgot you were over there. No, um, man, you... Um,
1: that Ice Bears team was that you coached with Matt and 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 I got, I'm just gonna say, Jeremy, which yeah, was, it was it was really just awesome. I, it was, it was. I mean, that was a great experience. I mean, and those boys were really lucky to have the three of you.
0: That was like a good trio of coaches for sure.
1: Yeah, it was. You know, and and those kids just became. I mean, we just watched this. They just accelerated into these just incredible. They blossomed into these just incredible ballplayers. Some of
0: them. It was pretty cool to watch.
1: Well, now look at some of these kids. You have some of these boys that are just, like, on this crazy high caliber. You know, some of them play freshman ball. Some of them are in eighth grade, and you're just like,
0: wow. Yeah. Yeah, we you know? had a, a couple guys that, I mean, they kind of played baseball, but not really, and then they ended up making the freshman team as eighth graders. That so was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I learned a lot about it. Uh,
1: Yo, shout out. Shout out to Jeremy, dude. Seriously. I will say this, man. He saw the talent in Stan early. Yeah, he did. You know where you know Stan didn't really have much experience, and I mean, he was a basketball player, and he saw the talent in him early, and uh, he wanted him to play on like us the first summer league that he had. You remember that before the summer? Yeah. Before Ice Bears on the Yankees. Well, he played for the Yankees, but yeah. then there was some. At the end of the season, he wanted like some to kind of some thing. kind of an all star thing, and I was like, "No, nah, we're not going to do that." I had Stan signed up for like survivalist camps. <laughs> remember, Jeremy was like, "What the hell?" It's like That's <laughs> That's Idaho not boy. Thing at all. This <laughs> Idaho boy, you know, like I had him signed up for like these survivalist camps and like <laughs> like learning how to like like prepper, you know, like.
0: No, I, I just remember Jeremy was telling me that. And he didn't even know how to describe what Stanley was doing.
1: I, yeah, I told him flat out. I was like, "Hey, man, this dude's gonna be in some like in back country, like learning the survivalist <laughs> skills." That's funny. And he was just like, "What?" The hell? <laughs> and then and uh, and then we came back. And then I remember the ice bears tryout. Stan went, and you know, I think he saw the speed maybe in Stan and the, and the potential.
0: Yeah. No, that's exactly. And I'm like, man,
1: true. shout out to Jeremy, dude. I actually need to talk. I need to actually text him and just. Say hi, tap in with him, and see, you know.
0: I will say he definitely saw more in Stanley than I did initially. But I definitely stole him. Jeremy wanted him on the team to pitch because he kind of had, like, that weird sidearm oh, yeah, thing that going. that shit was bad. Yeah. I was like, no, that like, was going to be our catcher. Dude, no, so that Stanley. sidearm
1: would have ended in a fucking Tommy John. <laughs> sophomore year. It took year. a while to
0: correct as a catcher. Yeah. He kept slinging it down to second base, sidearm, and I was like, Stanley, it's yeah. <laughs> not going to work. Yeah,
1: you're going to have a Tommy John, bro, <laughs> by your sophomore year. But, so,
0: yeah, yeah, he's a, a great kid, I think. Yeah, both your kids probably have a long future in baseball if they want it.
1: Well yeah I just to be honest man I just I, you know why I like it dude I like uh, keeping them um, off the video games that's my main thing yeah. I don't play video games I respect the people that do I just I think I'm just one of those people that just moves too much and I'm so like it would be really hard for me to just sit down and like
0: yeah. zone
1: out on video well, is, games
0: I do like video games like I'll if I'm done with my stuff at 10 o'clock and I'll play until midnight or Mm whatever when I go to bed, but it is time wasted. Like, you're not getting bigger, faster, stronger. You're not getting smarter. You're not getting, like, you're not making any money. It is definitely time wasted, but yeah. I know what you're saying, but you're right, Jeremy deserves a shout-out. Yeah,
1: shout-out to Jeremy,
0: man. I, I learned yeah. a lot about being a leader from him, and he was really cool, and I had questions about how he treated parents and everything.
1: I never saw Jeremy ever once lose his cool. That's one yeah. thing I respected about him, is he was always so well-composed. Yeah. Kind of like you, you know, and... and
0: well, and, you say that, but there's times where Matt, we would be in like a one-run game, and Matt would be like, man, how are you so calm right now? I had one of those Fitbits for a while, mm-hmm. and I'd show them. I'd be like, "My heart rate's one thirty-eight. <laughs> like I'm not. Mm-hmm. It's just outward. Yeah, it's all up here, all in the head.
1: Yeah, I thought. Yeah, Germany. I mean, that was just such a perfect. That was just a perfect storm. That whole team, the experience. Yeah. I mean, holy shit, bro. We went to. We went to state. I mean, or we won state. Excuse me. We went to regionals.
0: Yeah, we won told, state. If you would have told me that we would have won state when we got the club together oh I would have thought you were crazy
1: yeah and, and and to be honest I think you know there was a chance we could have probably even done even better I mean things happen you yeah. know it's like you no, can't blame sure. these boys they're 7th 8th grade you know shit happens man you drop a ball whatever happened you know mm-hmm. think you hit some kid you know shit happens yeah. but at the end of the day I look back at that and I was like wow what an amazing experience for these boys you yeah. know
0: yeah and nice. uh yeah, that regional tournament. Yeah, we had some guys in positions that we we definitely trusted in those positions, and sometimes it doesn't come through, but at mm-hmm. some point, you just got to let it go, like release. Mm-hmm. This is our final product. Let's we'll see what happens. Yeah. Because I'm sure you're that way with the photography, but the podcast is kind of like that, too. You can edit it forever, mm-hmm. but at some point, you just got to let it just go. got go. let to let it go, yeah. Yeah, see what happens. Yeah. Um but you're right. We could have, we could have lost regionals only losing to the host team.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think so. I think we were good enough, but you know, I mean, we were, you know, yeah. shit happens,
0: man. We you lost know? three games by one run. I mean, we were in all of them. It was awesome. It was a great time. Yeah. We were
1: in every single one of those things, man, where we could have, you know, we could have been, you know, it could have gone really either way. And that was just a cool experience. It was cool, you know, getting to, getting to hang out I was. Yeah, you know, uh, it was it was a lot of fun with 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 Andy. You know, he's uh, he's a great guy.
0: Yeah, i still I'm still thankful that you guys let me
1: crash with you. Oh man, of course, dude.
0: That was you know, a good time. Um, it's nice to just to talk unfiltered and let it loose. Mm-hmm. You guys were both cool with that.
1: Oh, of course, man. Yeah, and uh, I'm just. You know, I'm just grateful, man. Like, it goes back to just... I'm just grateful to be in this community, you know, to have um, coaches. Like, even Miles. Some of Miles' coaches. I'm just grateful to have these guys, like, played for Purdue and, you know, and for um, Louisville. And, you know, it's like, holy crap. These guys, like, coach my kids?
0: Yeah. You know, I didn't go to
1: college, man. I didn't have that opportunity. So for me, it's like it blows me away.
0: Well, you did it right having them play more than one sport, too. I think that's where Well, I told them.
1: Yeah, I said, you can't just play baseball.
0: Right. That's where a lot of kids get hurt, I think, because mm-hmm. they're doing the same you're swinging a bat, you're throwing a ball, same two movements for 12 months out of the year, you're going to get hurt. Mm-hmm. You're going to get overdeveloped muscles and some underdeveloped and something's going to tear or rip or God knows what's going to happen.
1: Yeah, I think we just have a great community here in this side of town, and I'm sure it's yeah. the same in other ends of town, but, you know, it's got, got to know a lot of the coaches and the parents and just like, man, what great people.
0: Yeah, sure.
1: You know, there's some, you know, we're going to have many years to go. You know, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing Evan out there, man, on the bump, dude. Yeah, we'll see. That that's a good kid right there.
0: That's yeah. He's He's a good
1: kid. He's a good he's a good athlete, but he's also just a a model young man too.
0: I'm sure he'll appreciate that when he listens.
1: Yeah. He's a good he's he's a good kid.
0: He's got way more potential than I had or have. But,
1: he throws gas, man. Yeah, he does. He and throws he that. Let, he throws that burner, man.
0: He lets go the ball so close to the plate because he's so long and lanky. But, yeah, he's. Yeah, he's a good. He's a good. He's a good kid, man. <laughs> a little injury prone, but yeah, I think he's got it. But, but you yeah, know, I'm
1: sure as he grows into his body and yeah, you know, I'm sure that's a doesn't. cool battery
0: with, with when he pitches and Stanley catches. I get so excited.
1: Yeah, he'll be a, I think that dude will be beast. I think I think he'll be beast mode, bro. By the time Perhaps he's so. by the time he's in high school, he'll be beast mode. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, what I like are polite young men too that are yeah. you know respectful and, and not awkward. And what I mean by that is, you can tell he's not zoned out or damaged by video games. Yeah, so, you know, sometimes I'll talk to some of my kids uh,
0: friends. Hey, what's going
1: on, man? How you doing? Oh, man. It's it's just just uncomfortable. uncomfortable Like, it's good, bro. It's like, like, what the heck? Yeah, Yeah, but I'm trying to accept that. That's just that generation, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, even dating. I don't know how you guys do it now. It's weird. Yeah, Yeah. it's weird. It's all like you you meet somebody. It's like online where it was just different when I was young.
0: Yeah. It's like every date is kind of a blind date. Mm Mm-hmm. Cause yeah, you meet somebody online and like you see a few pictures and send a few texts, but it's like you don't really know. Yeah, like, see like...
1: that's just so weird.
0: <laughs> it's a lot of trust for girls though to like go out with some guy that they haven't actually met. Yeah, that's that's true. You know, because I've been with my wife since
1: 1999, so I don't, I can't even imagine. You know, like when you know when I was, you met girls in person. You would go up to them, or you'd be at a bar or somewhere, and you know. it's... different world man
0: yeah how'd you meet her i met
1: her in san francisco in 1999 she wanted nothing to do with me (laughs) (laughs) how'd you pull it off i was just young and reckless man like you know san francisco is a pretty crazy place Mm -hmm. so i was with one of my buddies and we met her at union square and uh and I remember she wanted nothing to do with me, but her friend was like, "Oh, if you're going to be in San Francisco, you gotta you gotta meet my friend." You know, cause she was a, what we would call a skate Betty. This was before like female skaters was common. Okay. So her friend was like, "Oh, you gotta meet my friend," and so I met her, and she wanted nothing to do with me. So it took a little while to. To rope it in.
0: You were down. Yeah,
1: nineteen so yeah, nineteen ninety nine. Shit, man, we've been together for 23 three years, dude. Probably twenty four years.
0: So it's a good run.
1: That is a good run, man. Yeah. How long have your parents been together? Same? Uh, they got
0: married the same year I was born so twenty years. And I think they dated for uh, I don't know, two years. But Yeah, I don't know how much I wanted to
1: disclose that yeah, all good
0: I think originally my dad told her that he didn't want to get married because she had she had my older brother already how old's your older brother 25 25 okay yep they're down in he's down with his fiance in Phoenix he's working and she's finishing up grad school I've got no yeah
1: Dude, life moves fast, bro. I'll tell you that. You're a young, you're a young man, man. Next thing you know, bro, you're gonna be forty years old. Enjoy it.
0: Yeah, you're you sitting know? on the opposite side of the podcasting. You're
1: gonna be on the opposite <laughs> side. But you know, as long as you you know to stay stay active, that's all it is, dude. I think it's just staying active.
0: There's something to it if you're you're 44 and you get four and a half hours of sleep and you've yeah. got energy.
1: Well, I'm. I'm mean, by this time I start getting to my witching hour for sure. Yeah, you know, start having a couple beers, and I'm just <laughs> like, okay. But, um, but the body is an amazing. It's amazing what the body is capable of. It's like being able, like right now, if I had to, I could hit 200 push If I, if I, if you Damn. were like, "Hi, right, bro, we're gonna do a routine right now," like I could do it, and I would probably bounce back pretty quickly. Wow. You know, I wouldn't want to, but I could.
0: Yeah. You know, it's amazing
1: what the body's capable of. Two
0: is a lot.
1: Deloney told you about my burpee routine, right? I kicked his yeah, ass out true. there with that. That's true. He was like, "Dude, what the hell? You're a beast."
0: <laughs> yeah, he kicked his ass when he had a torn ACL. Or whatever. Oh, that's yeah. true. Yeah, that's true.
1: <laughs> yeah, Deloney's a beast, though. No, yeah, he Deloney is. is a beast. That's he's a, a that, he's man. a very strong guy. Yeah. Dude, that guy's rad. I like him a lot. Yeah, I I kicked his ass when he had the the torn ACL. (laughs) He had knee surgery. (laughs) He had knee surgery, yeah.
0: No, you would have kicked my ass, though.
1: But he, uh, yeah, he's a good dude.
0: Yeah. No, I had a blast hanging out with you guys.
1: I'm excited to see these boys go through our high school program, go through Timberline, man. That's going to be a lot of fun, man, to watch these boys go through there and wrestling with Deloney and playing baseball, wherever that leads to, or playing whatever.
0: Yeah, no, I should have gone to, to one or two of Stanley's wrestling matches.
1: Uh, yeah, he, he, he was pretty hardcore. Yeah. Miles then did pretty good, too. Uh,
0: I remember Stan got hit by that pitch. That was at State, right? yeah. He oh, got hit yeah. by the pitch and spiked his helmet down.
1: Oh, And yeah. he was pissed. Oh, no, he was pissed. Yeah. I was like, man, I
0: didn't know he had that he in him. He does
1: have it in him. Yeah. I've seen it, yeah. He's, <laughs> like, freakishly strong, dude, actually. Kind of. I was like, man, I think he gets it from his mom. Not from you? Some partially, but his her my wife's brother is pretty both of her brothers are pretty beast mode. They're great guys, but you could like they're not dudes you'd want to fuck around with, you know yeah. what I mean? Like they're pretty beast mode. And That's dad, what you
0: need in a catcher though.
1: Yeah, and her dad was a was a, a sailor and pretty gnarly dude too, so
0: No, that was cool yeah. to see that to see that side of some of the kids. Cause that's when you that's when you can mm-hmm. like they start to develop their own. Not that they're not their own individual mm-hmm. person before that, but it was kind of cool to see them develop into like their unique player self.
1: Well, they're just awkward right at that age. Yeah. Like they're just kind of figuring themselves out. Right. Like what the hell? I got hair coming out of my chin. <laughs> like you know, they're just trying to figure themselves out a little bit.
0: Yeah, they're both your kids are animals.
1: Well, man, life is such a beautiful thing, Um, you know, just grateful to just be a parent, man, you know, and I can see that, you know, your relationship, like your relationship with your parents, like that's what I strive for, you know, just have that open relationship with them and, you know, you you and your brother, you know, great kids and I'm sure your folks are just super proud of where you're at.
0: I hope so. I'm goal. sure they are,
1: man. I would be. You guys are good. You guys are good dudes, man. That's the
0: goal. If they're proud, I've done my job, right?
1: Yeah. And that's what—that's really as a parent, man. All you can ask for, you know. Yeah. So you know, like, look, your dad's very active. You know, with baseball and coaching and helping out. I got lucky. Yeah. yeah. Did he? Team. Did he? Was he really active too when you were playing? Like, it's coaching?
0: Well, I was... Up until I was basically Evan's age, yeah. And Mm -hmm. then I started playing on uh, some select teams. And, let's see, I I got coached by the same guy, and he was just awesome to me. He really believed in me. But I played for him, I think, for three years for just uh, select. And then after that, I played... Um, he hooked us up with somebody that he already knew that had like a whole club organization kind of like GTS where it's a little more competitive, a little more serious. And then, yeah, that's when my dad kind of stopped being, I mean, he would, he would always help me out with drills or whatever if I asked mm-hmm. him to, but he wasn't an actual coach anymore. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I played on some showcase teams and a lot of people we Will say like, "Hey, I, I play baseball because my dad." I always joke around like, "I yeah. taught my dad so much about baseball." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, I, I definitely got really lucky with parents.
1: Yeah, he's a good. He's a good guy. Your parents are great. Yeah. They're pretty cool. It trips me out that we're the same age. That's what trips me out, dude.
0: You think so, you're older or younger than them? I, I
1: don't know. I don't know. What do you think? I kind of think maybe
0: I don't know that's tough. Yeah, it's tough I think right? you're probably probably younger than younger than them if I had to if I had to pick one I feel like you've got that kid in you not that I my do dad, have the kid in me not yeah. that my dad yeah. doesn't but you yeah. definitely do yeah just that yeah, yeah it trips experience. me out I
1: was like wow when we were talking to her, I was like wow man that's crazy that we're the same age
0: yeah cause you saw these the I saw that and after,
1: that's my era yeah Cool. I'm sure. Does he collect baseball cards, too? Not as much as I do. Mm-hmm. He does,
0: he'll he do, like, a couple... Like, he does fewer higher-end ones. Mm. So just fewer cards overall, but they're more expensive. Like new bigger. stuff or old stuff? A little bit of both. He has old stuff from when he had it, but he doesn't buy vintage anymore. Mm.
1: Vintage is expensive.
0: Yeah. You know, know, I try to do that for baseball cards, and it's... I mean, the the growth is a lot steadier as an investment. It's a little steadier, Mm -hmm. but it is expensive.
1: You know, I bought my first house. I sold my baseball card collection. Yeah, you were telling me that.
0: Mm Do you regret it? Yeah. Yeah? Well, I mean... Yeah.
1: Dude, I had some cool shit, man. I had, like, a full... I had, like, a run of, like, 55 Bowman
0: oh my god those things are so valuable
1: all the way to like 74 tops dang like full sets and then like just clean too and then just you know boxes of star cards i had some crazy shit dude because i was just knew it i always loved it and appreciated it and when i was at a time when i could afford it i would buy it and buy it from dealers that I knew that would like need cash to like do other deals Yeah. and then I would just sell it for a premium and keep stuff that I liked but yeah I'll never forget man I sold I sold my collection to buy my first house and then I bought another collection and I sold that when Miles was born and it was like loaded with 50s and 60s stars like I had a, like just like near mint satchel page cards, Jackie Robinson cards, oh, tons of Mickey Mantles, you know, that were just like really clean. And I never was into the grading stuff either, but
0: I kind of feel like that ruins it. It, like, it If does. you have a graded card, it's not really even a card anymore. It's just and like,
1: yeah, it's encapsulated. Like, yeah. Well, the thing is too, I could tell when a card was trimmed or if it was, you know, if it was fake. I, I think I maybe had one fake card come through my hands once.
0: Do you remember what it was?
1: It was. It was a, a 55 Sandy Koufax rookie that I was... Oh, man. I remember looking at it and thought it was questionable. You know how you can tell? You can tell by the smell. There's something know. about that old cardboard. It has a certain smell to it. Yeah. And this one just didn't I'm just pass. picturing you
0: sniffing baseball. Well, I just... <laughs> you
1: know, you could just... You know, like you pull a 60... A 1960 tops Willie McCovey... You know, you, and like, it just has this certain smell to it. Yeah. And this 55 Koufax, like, just didn't have that feel or that smell to it. And I just knew something was was off about it. I don't even know what the hell I ended up doing with that card. But when did you get it? Uh, maybe 2003 or four or something oh, okay. like So there's
0: plenty of time for it to be faked.
1: Yeah, because I think that was becoming kind of a thing at that time. But, dude, I had some crazy shit come through my hands, dude. I had Barry Bonds' home run balls when he was chasing the record, Mm -hmm. and they were certified, too. So they were certified not only by the usher, you know, like at the time when the chase was on, you remember that whole – God, see, you were – see, it's hard for me to tell you this because you were just just a baby, dude, when this was happening. But when the chase was on, when he was chasing the record, I'm trying to remember if it was – so he had surpassed Willie Mays' six sixty, and he was going for. I guess ba- I guess it was Babe Ruth's record, right? At that, right? Yeah, because Hank Aaron was the king.
0: Yeah, Hank is three, right? And then yeah, and then Ruth and Bonds
1: and Cool's uh, is four. Uh, I thought it was. I thought Hank Aaron was was before Ruth. Okay.
0: Oh, I think you're right. I
1: think so. I I'm, 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 I think I'm... I'm up. But when he was hitting all those... When he was hitting all those ones and, like, people were, like, being out in the bay with the kayaks and all that, like, trying to snap, shag the balls, I actually had two home run balls. And I don't remember the numbers. It was, like, 6'6". Six, six, had like six six seven or i don't know i have i have it documented somewhere and uh and then the usher would give like a certificate of authenticity and then the grade and then i had them graded too like just authentic uh, authenticated by it wasn't psa but there was something at the time called gai which was global authenticating
0: uh, what it
1: was but it was reputable okay and I had those, and then that whole, like, steroid scandal broke. And then I was like, shit, I got to sell these things because I had paid pretty good money for them, and I sold them. But, yeah, dude, I had some crazy shit come through my hands, dude.
0: You think Bonds belongs in the Hall of Fame? I
1: I mean, I'm biased. I like Barry Bonds.
0: Yeah. You know. He I mean, was an unbelievable player before the steroids. He was, man.
1: I will say this, dude. Like, I watched that guy because I, I went to a ton of games – um during that time cuz my buddy had season tickets so i went to a shit ton of games and like man he would put that shit in the drink like every game and just watching this guy like run the bases and he looked like this i can't even really explain it dude he looked like a like a caricature almost <laughs> like a you
0: know like a horse
1: dude or something you know <laughs> like some stallion or something the way that he trotted around the bases But Pujols uh, was the most impressive thing I've ever seen at 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 AT&T Park, at that San
0: Francisco stadium. He probably had the greatest 10-year run of any player ever. Dude, I saw that guy in batting practice
1: because I would go early, you know, have a couple beers and bullshit with my friends. I saw that dude in batting practice just rip one so hard in San Francisco off that Coca-Cola glove, you know, in left field or center field. I saw him rip one so hard up that it ricocheted off that, and then like went back like another two hundred feet, and like hit. The, and this guy was standing there holding a beer, <laughs> and, it, and he wasn't paying attention. And it hit him in the back. And I remember just watching this, and he was like, "Oh!" And then I just see beer flying everywhere, <laughs> and I was like, "Holy shit!" That was a lot of power on that ball. And he had such a, a short, shit. simple,
0: old. Yeah, I guess had now, but yeah, short, simple swing. I mean, the the simplest swing I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Little tiny stride, little tiny load. Man, that dude had some power, though. Man, holy shit! There's no way he was the age that he was listed at.
1: What was the age he was listed at?
0: He, I think he was a rookie at 21 years old. Mm-hmm. But I don't think people are usually in their prime at 21 years old. No. He came into the league and hit 320 with 35 home runs. Yeah.
1: <laughs> what was it, Satchel Paige? I don't even think he, I don't even think he made his major league major league debut till he was what 43 or something yeah, like that. Yeah. That's crazy, dude.
0: That's think about cool. that, just
1: sitting up at 43. That'd be like me getting out there, like
0: <laughs> throwing 110 pitches in a day. Yeah. The games changed a lot too, because know, yeah, pitchers like him used to go out there and throw. I mean, if you were the pitcher that day, you threw the nine innings. I don't.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing. I don't, I don't know what I think. You know, that like sometimes my kids will be watching highlights. I'm like, damn, who's that? Like, you know, and, I, and I'm like, damn, because I don't really know any of the new players. You know, as much as I do, all the guys from when I was a kid. Yeah. You know, I can sit there all day and nerd out on you know Bobby Bonilla and Barry Larkin. Mm. Daryl Strawberry and Dwight Gooden and Conseco and just stuff when I was a kid. The new stuff I, I just I don't know, it's just different to me. I don't you know, I see stuff sometimes and my kids will show me something. Like, damn, that dude looks crazy. That's a that dude's a beast.
0: There's some unbelievable young guys right now.
1: Like who's that dude that plays for the Pirates? He's really tall.
0: O'Neal Cruz. Yeah, like
1: that dude like like that shit's crazy.
0: Yeah, he's six five.
1: Yeah, lightning and he, fast and he's lightning fast and he's got
0: hops. And He plays, he plays shortstop at and he plays five. short.
1: Yeah, and he plays shortstop. Like that just blows me away, dude.
0: The Cardinals have this guy coming up right now, named Jordan Walker. Shoot, he he's, might be 21 now. I'm pretty sure he's 20 though. Hmm. And this dude is 6'7" 250 and if he makes the major league team this year, he'll be the fastest guy on the team. Hmm. That's 6'7" 250. That's unreal.
1: Yeah, see, that's the thing. There's this whole push about being big for baseball. Yeah. And I disagree with that, man. I really disagree with maybe what some of the local programs here are pushing on the kids. Yeah. I don't yeah. Dis- I disagree with that whole thing about, like, hey, bulk up, man, get big. It's like, hey, man, this is baseball. It's not football. And when I look back to the guys that I looked up to, you know, the Will Clarks and the and the Bobby Bonillas and the Barry Larkins and the you know Daryl Straub. like those guys weren't just like you know they weren't just these super yoke dudes they were pretty slender
0: yeah well yeah the goal for those guys was to hit three hundred though mm-hmm. now the goal's kind of like hit thirty home runs or whatever
1: yeah but I'd rather be you know well okay on a high school level I would I would rather be fast, you know. Yeah. And what I've been telling my own kids is is like, hey man a lot of dudes I know that were just like hitting the weights super hard and like on these crazy aggressive programs and playing football. Well, a lot of those dudes have trouble walking now.
0: Yeah. Well I think there's because this is my field, I'm a kinesiology major, so that field is so new that when when guys first started jacking weights as baseball players mm-hmm. they were on the same weight programs as like football players and basketball players and stuff where it's like okay we're going to load up and we're going to make you mm-hmm. like explosive but in vertical and straight forward and straight back but that's not how baseball is played mm-hmm. it's rotational and side to side more like i mean basketball side to side but it's up and down too Right. But I think we'll I think we'll see that change because I think it's important to lift weights and be strong, but it's it's equally you as important. You need to be flexible, right? To be mobile yeah. and yeah, stable.
1: Because that was the thing I was telling Stan, my oldest son. I was like, "Hey, like look at Buster Posey, man. That dude's a Hall of Famer. Probably he's not some crazy. I mean, I've seen him in person several times." You know, I mean, he's half the size of Pablo Sandoval. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, and that, and you know, and bus, and Buster was a freak back there.
0: That's yeah, that's true. That's been a big change for catchers. It's no longer stick the big kid back there that's going kind of to block some baseballs. Yeah, those guys are athletes.
1: Well, yeah, look at guys like Benito Santiago back in the day, yeah. or like Gary Carter. They weren't like these, you know, freakish. I don't want to say freakish, but they weren't just like these super stacked dudes back there, right? You know, they were more agile and could move and could throw fast. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I kind of disagree with this whole thing, this message of like, Yeah, you got to get big, you
0: know, eat, eat, eat. It's like, dude, oh no, hold on here. Bulking, bulking is good if you're if you're already as strong as you can get at your size, Mm -hmm. then it makes sense to bulk. Mm -hmm. But a lot of these guys aren't. Like, you can still get stronger with the frame you have. Like, like Stan, I mean, there's...
1: Well, he got taller. He's. He, I don't know if you've seen him in the last few months, but he's, he got yeah. pretty tall.
0: But there's not a lot of kids his age that could do 100 push-ups in 10, 20 minutes. Dude, he can. It's freakish. That's, yeah, that's more important than especially body weight stuff because that teaches you how to be stable, too. Well, yeah, and I told him, I was like, hey,
1: man, it's five fifteen in the morning right now. What do you think the rest of your school is doing? He's like, I
0: was like, everybody, everybody else is sleeping. Mm-hmm. That's the Mike Tyson thing, right? Mm-hmm. You, feel, you like the edge of being up before everybody else. Mm-hmm. I like
1: it. That's what I, you know, I thrive off that too.
0: Yeah, so, not everybody can function on four and a half hours though.
1: Well, like right now, I'll go home and I'll sit down for a few minutes and. Hang out with the wife, maybe snack on something, see the dogs, and then call it a night. Yeah, that's just yeah, that's the day. But I've also been, you know, I was working, running to Meridian, I had to run to the hospital to visit a family member, and it's...
0: yeah, I wish I could go to bed early to wake up early. You know, I mean, it would probably be worth it, but it takes some getting used to. It. But it's like, yeah, like yesterday I worked. Like 8:30 to 730. That's 11 hours right there. I don't know. Sometimes I just have so much to do. It's hard so I work 830 to 730, get home, eat dinner, work out, do homework. and by the time you know it it's 11 o'clock and it's like okay, I can't go to bed early anymore. But maybe I need to get that stuff done before work.
1: You could try it. I like yeah. it. I'm just a morning person.
0: you eat breakfast? Sometimes. Yeah.
1: Sometimes, yeah. But I mean, I'll have a protein shake if I work out in the morning,
0: you know. Okay. So. I was at GNC today getting shout out Jocko Fuel. Uh, It's this energy drink that Mm. this this other podcaster I really like makes. But um, she was telling me, the manager there was telling me that all of the, literally every single supplement that they carry has this chemical in it that causes night blindness that people can't see as good at night when they take all these supplements. Yeah. So I was buying these these energy drinks, and she was like, oh, yeah, this is one of the few products we have in the store that doesn't have that. Damn,
1: that's crazy. You know what? That's crazy because, you see, I take a protein powder, you know, just, I don't even know, what our game, is that what it is? Or I don't even know what it is from Costco. Oh, okay. I take a protein powder and then a creatine, and that's it
0: oh yeah creatine I just started that uh, yeah I
1: started that maybe six months ago after I'd kind of plateaued on a, a, my workout routine like I was just doing burpees and just not even you know 300 push up burpee routine just not even feeling it you know and so I so I started taking because one of my buddies was like hey man start try this out you know yeah and then definitely felt the difference in, like, two months just as far as, like, what I was able to do.
0: That's cool. You know. stay hydrated because that's the problem with creatine, right? Yeah, you have to have a lot of water. Yeah.
1: Electrolytes.
0: Yeah.
1: Brother, I need to use the restroom.
0: Okay. Do you want to pause this or do you want to call it?
1: We've been going for a while, huh?
0: I think we're cool. probably pretty good. Hour and a half. Yeah, I think that's probably good, right?
1: All right. Sounds that's good. good. Can't, I can't imagine anyone's going to want to hear my dribble.
0: Just creatine talk? Sorry, getting into creatine. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate you coming on. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, man. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, I'll talk to you well, soon. Dude, I appreciate you having me, man. It
1: was fun to just bullshit. And sorry my story's so scattered, but that's just my life.
0: Before we end it, though, you should shout yourself out. Where can people find you on Instagram oh, okay. and your, your real estate business and all that? Yeah, okay. So, my... Um, so
1: if you're local in Boise, uh, I have a show on Friday, June 2nd at Push and Pour in Garden City, which is on 34th Street in Carr. Um, for my photography, you can check me out at uh, at Travis Jensen, that's T-R-A-V-I-S-J-E-N-S-E-N. And then for my real estate, you can check out my website, which is Jensen, Re. J E N S E N R E dot com or at Jensen Real Estate. So go yeah. check out that Instagram page. Hey, yeah, Cameron, thank, you. yeah man, thank you. Yeah, man. Thank you, brother, for having me. I appreciate you, man. Thanks a lot.